For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And again, I'm uh, Jim Gerhardt, a superannuated morning radio announcer, <laughs> along with Patrick Lavery, a gainfully employed news executive here at New Jersey 101.5. Pat, when I came in this morning by the studio, yeah. I saw uh, uh, Bill Spadia, mm-hmm. it was a, and he was... <laughs> It, it, it was deja vu all over again because okay. he was trying to convince people that they're getting screwed royally with their taxes in New Jersey, which is true. <laughs> and Bill's doing a great job of it. Mm-hmm. So he picked up the mantle. It's like you're running a relay. He, picked, <laughs> right. he, he got And he's just charging in there toward the finish line. But what I thought of, because I did the same thing. Right. And there was very little response. And so... I used to have this vision when I came in in the mornings mm-hmm. to do the morning show, and mostly we dealt in that kind of thing, just sure. New Jersey affairs, politics, life in New Jersey. Yeah. And one of the terrible things are taxes, the property taxes, which are, are horrible you know, atrocities. But I had this vision that I'd come in every morning at 3.30. Mm-hmm. On my desk, there would be a rutabaga, <laughs> your giant turnip. Yeah. And I'd have four hours to convince it it had a soul. Uh, Bill's doing. Bill's got the rutabaga now, I think. But here, you know, you would think with the taxes. Yeah. And perhaps I'm getting a little more vehement about this, having, uh, you know, been off the workforce for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, the property taxes are still coming in. They're still going up. And it, it hurts. It yeah. really hurts. Every time you turn around, having paid for the house, you don't have it taken out of a mortgage. So you see it, big, huge letters. Sure. And, and they're... And, and so it's uh, become increasingly aware of that. And you would think the people of New Jersey, heaven knows enough of us have told them, the people of New Jersey would be up in arms. The people of New Jersey. I'm not hell. I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm not going to take yeah. it anymore. I'm not going to take I'm not going to take this anymore. We can stop it. And you can do it. You can do it. However, and the people of New Jersey always responded. There's there's the sheep. You know, here is the thing. And we've talked about this before. Just the the apathy uh, that has grown over the years uh, among New Jersey residents and and taxpayers and voters. And you did a, a great job railing against it uh, for all those many years. And, and, and Bill, Bill has, has even kicked it up a level. Has, and does a great job of it. And I have to think, you know, for every problem that you have, every problem, there exists a solution. You'd like to believe that. <laughs> so there has to be a solution to this. And when you have a solution to something and it's not getting solved, the people that are in charge of that solution, I think either don't know what the solution is or don't care. And I think by this point, we have enough evidence to say 
Yeah, the politicians probably know what the solution is. They just don't care. Well, they don't want to do it. They right. don't want my theory. Well, of course, I've, I've told my theory so many times. Mm. The state, according to the Constitution, is supposed to provide this thorough and efficient system of education. The sure. state, state, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not me, right. <laughs> not my right. neighbors. Right. Uh, and so they turn to property taxes. But the thing is, if the state picked it up, the cost of education, yeah. then this would be a huge part of the budget. A huge part of the yes, uh, no doubt, and that would mean that less money for the members of the blob, the political establishment, mm-hmm. to spend on buying votes. Right, that's my conspiracy theory. I don't think that's much of a conspiracy uh, theory at all. I, it, I, I, it, I think that's kind of in broad daylight. You know, I mentioned it so many times. John Wisniewski, the Democratic Assemblyman who was running for the nomination for governor, yes, didn't make it unfortunately. I think because he's a good man. Uh, as part of his campaign, he kept saying the state should be doing this. Nobody paid any attention to him. Right. They don't want it. Now, of course, the solution, and uh, you can see if anybody can see this on my hat, it says GRIP, G-R-I-P. G-R-I-P stands for Get Rid of Incumbent Politicians. Mm -hmm. Now, the only way that I can see to solve this is to go and vote against any incumbent now, I'll grant you, people say, well, what difference does it make? They'll throw in a clown from the other party who do the same thing. Yes, mm-hmm. but you, every two years, you get a chance to do it again, sooner That's or right. later. That's right. And as my idol, H.L. Mencken, once said, even a United States senator, if filled repeatedly with a bung starter, would eventually get up and use his head. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway, I congratulate Bill on, on, on keeping the flame going here. Yeah. But I uh, don't know where it goes. We had... Uh, uh, a, uh, I, I guess last week we kind of mm. hit a little bit of a hornet's nest talking about the Carton affair. Yeah. And probably it would be appropriate to do a little bit of a follow-up on this. I think so. Because we were waiting for the other shoe to drop last week. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the shoe dropped. There was a sentence mm-hmm. by the judge, which really surprised me. Right. And I think it surprised a lot of people. And in spite of this tsunami of public relations campaign to prove what a wonderful person he is right and that should not be punished and i thought it was kind of interesting at least so i read now mm-hmm. i was not there but his statement before the judge before the sentencing when everybody sort of anticipated the judge's heart was going to melt with all of these stories sure. this abuse and, and mm-hmm. the, the addiction psychological problems and everything and and what a what a what a wonderful man who got caught in a trap that Satan's fault or so, you know the whole right. business, uh, but she didn't. And but his statement was that, and, and I can't imagine the gall of saying this to a judge who's about to sentence you, like putting in me jail, putting me in jail will not serve any purpose. Mm. Uh, well, well, who's who thinks it is? <laughs> well, but, yeah. but he said it would simply be taking me in effect, taking me out of the picture. Well, yes. Well. But in his mind, without him, the picture does not exist. Right. And so if you take me out of everything, mm. uh, the world will collapse. Yeah, or, or how can this, well, that's exaggeration, of course, but how can this go on? I don't think it ever dawned on him, and in a sense, I feel a little sorry for him here. I don't think it ever dawned on him that he had done anything wrong. Right. Because he did it. Right. Because Therefore, it was powers, numinous powers beyond his control. Mm-hmm. And because something happened when he was young, he naturally mm-hmm. turned to an addiction to overcome the pain 
And that was sort of the, the process that he was saying. I, I, uh, but again, I was surprised. Now, the Senate's the three and a half years. Yeah, 42 months. Yeah. 42 months. Right. My first thought was, all right, you'll be out in about eight months. You'll go to a country club prison. Right. Which you probably will. Yeah, I, I don't but, think that. Do you yeah. remember these prisons? What happens, uh, a man named Charles Kushner, who was the father of the United States president's daughter. Right. Uh, right, right. Jared Kushner. Right. His father, Charles Kushner, was prosecuted energetically, enthusiastically mm-hmm. by none other than Christopher J. Christie. Yes. He was the U.S. attorney. Yes. Mr. Kushner went to jail. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the story, Mr. Kushner went to a federal facility. Uh, this was a very wealthy man, a man, a man of considerable wealth and influence yeah. and importance in the state. But nevertheless, he got convicted and had to do some time. He went to this prison. I think it was in Alabama. His okay. job. He had a job. Okay. Everybody there had a job. His job was to get up in the morning, go out, take a look at the golf course. And be sure that the sprinklers were working. <laughs> On the uh, golf course what, I, at the prison. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I again, the uh, something is going to happen. I have to make a, an intuitive prediction between now and the time to report for the right. incarceration, which is in July. Right. I thought that was rather strange, but I guess that's the way they do business. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know how that works, the kind of uh, lag time between the sentencing yeah. and when you actually have to begin using your uh, serving it, your sentence. It, possibly to give time for appeals. Or, I, I don't know. But yeah, that gonna, would make sense. They're not going to throw him a towel because I don't think the man can. Right. Uh, this is a great injustice in, in, in his view. So, but, you know, uh, again, just, just an afterthought, a little stream of consciousness stuff. When I was talking about uh, the, his career here and how that yes. had such a, uh, but a, a very chilling, almost often, effect on, mm-hmm. on the people who worked at the station. Yeah. He, uh, I only talked about my experience and some of the people at the station. Yes. But there were others and horrible things that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just... just uh, well, okay, I opened the can of worms. I, try, <laughs> I, I tried to keep people out of it because they have their own notion of it. Mm. But well, there was a uh, statement made uh, in a story, I believe it was in uh, one of the New York newspapers, a columnist was writing about him before the sentencing. Right. And he said that Carton's act was, and I quote here, profane put-down artistry, defamations, toilet humor, adolescent sexual cracks. He cut people up for fun. Mm-hmm. And occasionally tossed in some charity work. But the cutting of people up, right. I think, is very revealing because that's exactly what he did. I yeah. you referred to this malicious uh, activity that he did. But he cut up some, some excellent people in New Jersey yeah. and got away with it. Mm-hmm. One of them was the wife, a lady that I admired tremendously, yeah. of a higher-ranking politician. Mm. And she was a very courageous lady. Who and the uh, she and her husband were uh, had a great interest in uh, in mental health, and yeah. she was telling in an interview of some sort uh, or in an article about how she had postpartum depression, which everybody knows about now. Yes. And some of the ideas, these terrible ideas that float through your head of people mm-hmm. who are afflicted with that. Well, he picked up on that. Carton picked up on that, and 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 just cut. I think the word "cutting" that this yeah. columnist used is very accurate. Cutting her down. I resented that because yeah. as a person I had tremendous amount of respect for. Sure. But her husband wasn't too happy with it either. Right. And so he came down to the station. He was going to do a program with Eric that night. And right. this Carton was getting off the air. 
And the political person who's a big man, I don't doubt that he's a strong man, and mm. he was a little bit more than cross. He, his idea was to take him out in the parking lot and wipe up the parking lot with him. He oh, got like, to challenge him out. Like well, we however, do in New he Jersey. Had a state police uh, security detail right. that, that prevented that. I, I remember hearing a story when I first began here from uh, a producer who had been working here for several years, no longer does. Uh, we have remained friends. But he said, um, you know, it was about the it was when I started to work here and it was about the, the power of making first impressions. And he said uh, on his first day here, Carton was still here. And uh, one of our news reporters at the time, a person who also no longer <coughs> works here, um, was around the station for whatever reason. He wasn't uh, out in the field. Um, and the news reporter was uh, kind of um, known in some circles as um, <laughs> not the nicest person himself. So maybe he had it coming. But uh, this producer, on his first day, saw Carton grab the news reporter by the collars of his shirt and push him up against a wall in one of the hallways out here. Mm -hmm. So that was the kind of person we were dealing there with. There were a number, number of events, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Eric Fromm, the great uh, what psychiatrist, one of the great intellects of the last century, mm -hmm. had written one time, about people like that. And yeah. uh, he, he said the lust for power, and this is purely showing power. Sure. And, and that I'm, I'm bigger than you or I'm greater than you are. Mm. And, and uh, Eric Fromm said the lust for power rests not in strength, but rather in weakness. Mm. And if you stop and think about it, this is true. Because somebody is just desperately trying to overcome the fact that they feel the size of a flaxseed somewhere down inside. Right. Themselves. <laughs> but there were other things. Yeah. There was a state senator that he used horribly demeaning uh, ethnic and other epithets yeah. toward. There was, I think at one time, he decided that he didn't like the New Jersey State Police. <laughs> that got into an uproar. Yeah. The New Jersey State Legislature, and I don't remember all the mechanics of this because I was trying best as I could to keep out of it, mm -hmm. actually went on, they met to pass a resolution condemning him. <laughs> you got to go pretty far for that. You know, I was thinking about what you said about um, his comments that uh, removing him uh, would not solve any problems yeah, like or anything out, like that. puts the sun out. Have, have you ever seen the, the cartoon show uh, Family Guy? Oh, yeah. There's, a, I think there's an early episode of that show where they're in a courtroom and the judge, who is the same stock judge that they use for every courtroom scene, says, if I could... I would put you in a place where you were removed from society for a predetermined length of time based on the nature and severity of your crime. Yeah. However, as I know, no such place exists, so you're free to go. <laughs> and he bangs the gavel, and the, uh, uh, the guy uh, uh, on trial says, wait, don't you mean prison? And he says, ah, I already banged the gavel. <laughs> uh, well, some, something is going to happen. Yeah. There, there's something going on. Because they're never going to let up with the, this public relations campaign. Okay, so I, I have no idea. You know, you talk to people. Yeah. And uh, people are, I guess the big question is, is that just, it, it almost has to be. I mean, there's no way he was going to, the federal government wanted, what, five to seven years. Right. There was almost no way they were going to do that because it is a nonviolent crime. Yes, but I, and his violence was all done with his tongue. I mean, it wasn't, uh, right. you know, physical. But I, but I think, as in this case of the uh, the college admissions and the celebrity mothers trying to get their their daughters into uh -huh. college, 
I do think in these federal cases with high profile people, um, those who prosecute and those who sentence do want to make an example. And so while it was never going to be five to seven years, I think that there there definitely was, I won't say an agenda, but I think there was the goal of saying, well, let's not let him off for eight months. Let's uh, let's, you know, kind of come down from what the guidelines say a, a little bit, but harsh enough that that he will get be your attention. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, another thing just switching gears for just mm-hmm. a second here. Uh, the business, uh, well, you're talking about uh, uh, not necessarily a crime at this point, the right. Me Too situation in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, Senator Biden, or former Vice President Biden, yes. who is accused now of being feely touchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting how e- even former President Obama mm-hmm. had noticed that all the far left are jumping on him. They're, see, they're trying to knock him out of the nomination picture right? because he is the only moderate. Right. who's likely could draw a, a moderate kind of a vote in, yeah. in the, the presidential election. And the others are way off the scale somewhere. Mm. So I think it, it's sort of a, a political cannibalism now. I, I was going to say the, the exact same thing, and, and that the, the left has to stop cannibalizing themselves and, and each other. Mm-hmm. Um, who is this... Um, who is the mayor? And I always get the, the the pronunciation of his name wrong. Uh, but he's a fairly young guy, From and he's Indiana. right. I I don't know the name. And and he's running, and he's gay. He's openly gay, yeah. and he's brought his husband to many of these events. Um, and I started uh seeing articles pop up last week to the effect of um you know the Democrats need to accept that yes he's gay enough for them. Like they they always <laughs> they always want. Huh. Well, no matter how good a candidate may be, they always want more from them. Well, it's like the Cory Booker who was once accused of not being black enough to be mayor of Newark right. by Sheriff James. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, and I, ethnic. I, now that you mention um, mayor of Newark, uh, there was a former mayor of Newark who uh, passed within the last Charles week. Charles Gibson. Right, right. And um, he, after his mayorship was done, and this was decades after, uh, he also got into some legal trouble. Mm-hmm. And I was reading uh, about him uh, online, and it's very funny how the the Internet can do things like this. The quote uh, that he gave to a reporter after he uh, served his sentence or or whatever um, was, you know, history will remember me as a good mayor. They won't remember the names of the people who prosecuted me. And the the link to those last couple of words, the people who prosecuted me, brought you to a page for Chris Christie. Because he was on <laughs> he that was, case, he was in it. You know, <laughs> so but, the but irony of that. I was talking, talking about the, uh, the the business with Biden mm-hmm. now. So I had to wonder why is it that in many of the, most of these cases mm-hmm. now, this happened some time ago. This alleged right. abuse or, or indiscretion. Mm-hmm. Why do you wait five or ten years to tell about it? Why didn't you do it at the time? Right now, then it occurred to me. Well, I think there's an excellent reason in this case going on in New Jersey now. The lady who's claimed that she was raped by the uh, oh, appointee. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, Alvarez. So, right. again, what this says is <laughs> it's a hell of a risk to tell somebody about it now. Sure. Because you're not going to be believed. You have to go through a hell of your own. Yeah. And five, ten years ago, it would have been worse. And, and, and so I, I can kind of understand now the reason that uh, people would rather than have to go through all that. But then now that the dam is burst, mm-hmm. 
are you familiar with a Senator Robert Packwood? Ring, name ring a bell no, from, from Oregon? No. A few years ago, this has been in the 80s, there was a senator from Oregon named Robert Packwood. Okay. His nickname was Kissin' Bob. Because <laughs> okay. uh, Senator Packwood <laughs> would grab ladies, you know, and kiss them. He didn't do anything else. Right. But he was kissing. Well, this got to be some kind of an issue. Even in those days, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, this was a Me Too thing. And all of these congressional uh, lady aides or employees uh, were telling these stories about yeah. him. And so they had a censorship uh, process in Congress mm-hmm. to uh, assess this. He was censured. And I believe he may have been dropped from Congress because he, he was certainly mm. out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Now, Here's a, here's a here's the United. It shows you how the system works. United States senator, right? He is in a sense disassembled <laughs> right. because he kissed a few people. Didn't right. it, there's no indication that he touched anybody with his fingers or his yeah. toes or anything. Uh, he kissed him and he's out. Now they had and used in the trial what they call the famous of the time Packwood diaries. He kept okay. a diary. Everything that happened during the day in his office, okay. and he would actually put in there. Oh, today I kissed Mary Jane. <laughs> and you know, who's a lovely lady. And he okay. goes on with this. But on the same time, in one of them, he told he kissed somebody. The next thing, he says, I got a visit today from so-and-so who was a lobbyist for a large industry. Mm-hmm. I told him, hey, guess who's about to be named to the OSHA committee? Me. <laughs> Said he immediately whipped out his checkbook and wrote me a check for $12,000. <laughs> hmm. They didn't notice that. <laughs> that never came up. And, and there were all kind of entries like this about you know, this legalized bribery that goes yeah, on. right, And he right. was writing it out. It's in right. You can find a <laughs> copy of the totally. Packwood Diaries. You'll see it in there. Nobody noticed that, but they noticed that he kissed Esmeralda. Uh, a, thought, um, a thought occurred to me as we're having this conversation, and, and I know you'll get the reference. Could you imagine, if he was still alive today, if Richard Dawson were to say he was running for president? Not only would there be a history of him kissing women, it would be on videotape on live national television, on Family Feud. There would be indisputable video evidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the times, they are changing. Again, you know, kind of switching gears. I, I, I have to do this, uh, digress a little bit, yeah. talk about times changing. Mm-hmm. You perhaps would not remember this. Now, in... Every totalitarian, draconian government, Mm -hmm. there is usually a ministry Mm -hmm. whose very name strikes fear into the hearts of people. Okay. You get the uh, KGB in Russia, Mm -hmm. OGPU, the Okrana, some of these agencies, these terrible agencies they have. Now, if somebody said you have to appear at Lubyanka prison because uh, KGB wants to see you. Mm-hmm. It was to terror, terror. Right. You never, ever come out of that. But in New Jersey, I don't know if people realize it, we once had just such an agency. Yeah. It was not the KGB. It was, and I wish I had some dramatic music, it was, da-da, the MVC. <laughs> or the DMV. The it DMV, was called. The then, DMV. yeah. It is such an agency. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in now here's my point, how things have changed. If you go back, this would be, uh, let's say, 70s, 80s, and a little bit of change in the 90s. Mm-hmm. These were hell holes to go through if you had to go yeah. through an agency. If you had to go through inspection, God help you, take the week off, right. sit behind the school buses and everybody else. And But the agencies were just horrible places to go. I once went without 
uh, renewing my driver's license. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I was staying with some relatives for a few days in yeah. Western Maryland. I got a Maryland license. I'm not going back in that agency. <laughs> People right. were nasty. Yeah. And they were crowded. They yeah. were slow. Every time you got into a line and thought you were getting almost there, the person would get up and go into a back room. I right. don't know what went on in the back room. Right. You, you may have seen that. Yes. I'd love oh, to know what they do back then. Absolutely. And I was actually uh, just having this conversation um, with my grandmother over the weekend. She said, you know, your grandfather got a notice in the mail. He can renew his license by mail. And she says... I'm 80 years old. I've never driven a car, but I have a non-driving license. Yeah. I have a non-driving ID. I have to go to the MVC and wait in line, and I don't even drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, th- it's this crazy. Is, this is big. Well, there's certain things that older people. Uh, yeah. I'm sh- shouldn't say. What do I say? Elderly. I hate senior <laughs> citizen. I strangle right. anybody. And old, right. old futz. You and know, and elderly, elderly mm-hmm. doesn't ring true to me anymore either because they use elderly for well, you know seventy and up, and they're there's, certainly you there's know. great Buddhist expression. Mm-hmm. Aging is not to be confused with getting old, uh, which see is there? a nice thing. Yeah. Like but that. there was a point somewhere in what I was talking about here. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. They, they, they would go in the back for a sandwich. Terrible. People will remember. They, they right. would charge you, what, 50 cents or something to use a pen that didn't write anyway. <laughs> Kept sending right. you to different lines. But right. People were just thoroughly nasty to you. Yeah. Now, segue mm. to yesterday. Okay. Yesterday, I had to renew my driver's license. Yeah. Okay. I went to uh, the uh, MVC agency. It's on Route 70 in... Uh, Medford. Okay. And uh, which is in Burlington County. Mm-hmm. The nicest people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to leave. They were, they were the nicest, friendliest, kindest, most efficient people. And I didn't believe it. Of course, I've been in them before, uh, since the old days. The reform started with Whitman. Right. You remember she uh, privatized the motor vehicle agency. Mm-hmm. That sounded like a great idea. Get it out of the hands of the government drones yeah. and put it in private. But when they did, though, they made the big mistake of, of setting these up as individual businesses like franchises. Yes. And you had to have some political pull to get to be uh, the head of that particular right. uh, of that agency. And then you got into a lot of patronage and a lot of problems, too. So they, they un- privatized it during the McGreevy administration. Mm -hmm. And a lady named Diane McGreedy became the commissioner Mm. and she straightened it out. But since, since Diane McGreedy's day and, and the, uh, uh, the day of, uh, you know, that that particular governor's day, it it has gotten better. Yeah. But I've been to them where they're very crowded anyway, and they're Mm kind of slow. And I've had people walk away to the back room. This one yesterday, you couldn't believe it. It was like you were an honored guest when you came in. And, of course, I have to carry, after driving for 70 years yeah. without any problems, I have to carry in documents. I have to get my birth certificate, right. which was signed by Woodrow Wilson, I think, <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe before that, and, and uh, proof of residence of this stuff. But they took a look at it. Okay, go and get in line so-and-so, and they gave me a card with a number on it. Mm. So not many people there. So I went over and sit down, and very quickly I get it called up, and they go through the process. They take the picture. And uh, we had and I had this nice chat. Yeah, had a great chat with a lady doing it. But the the, the change of times. I've talked yeah. before. I know the the inspection thing got dramatically better. Yes, after they got through the Parsons fiasco of the nineties. Right. And I have mentioned many a time a great place. Fortunately, I have five cars, so I do get to see these people frequently. <laughs> 
at, at the inspection <laughs> station on Route 38. It's in East Hampton Township, again, yeah. in Burlington County. Nicest people. Yeah. They are friendly. They are good at what they do. They are yeah. quick. So, again, changing times. I, I just imagine a, a world, and I had much the same experience as you did. I'm coming up on renewing, uh, but the last time I renewed four years ago, we had just moved to Flemington, and the MVC is is right there, down mm-hmm. 202 in Flemington. And it couldn't have been quicker. It was a Saturday morning when you would think it would have been packed. There was nobody there. They got me in. They got me out. It was great. But I imagine a world where the MVC is like the movie Field of Dreams. And when the employees walk into the back, they just walk into the cornfield. Then they walk out of the cornfield. And when they walk out, they look around and they say, is this heaven? No. It's motor vehicle. <laughs> it's something. They morph into something. It's like the science fiction movie with this great shimmering silver thing. I've often thought this happens to people when they're elected to, uh, especially state legislatures. And mm-hmm. they go in. Some very good people go in. Yeah. But somehow they walk through this silver shimmering cloud <laughs> and they become politicians. Right. The, uh, oh, what what else is going on? The, uh, I, I guess, uh, the pot thing still hanging. Uh, yeah. And, and more towns signing up to... Uh... Yeah, I, I haven't seen too much development on this in the last week or or so since they said that they were not going to take the vote. Um, now, it very well may come up again in the next month or so, um, but there was initial hesitation, um, particularly on the part of Steve Sweeney, uh, the president of the uh, state Senate, uh, to if if it did not come up for a vote this uh, winter or spring to table it until after the elections in November, because as we've talked about, um, you know, once you get into an election year, once that calendar flips, mm-hmm. everybody's playing for November. Sure. So uh, anything controversial on the table that may swing a vote here or there, there's a lot of trepidation about. Yeah. So that that one. Oh, oh, I got to do something. Last week, mm. uh, I think this bespeaks something. Last week, mm. I had lamented the fact that a what to me is a very good teacher had mm. been suspended from oh, his job right. because he had told the class as part of a, a no doubt a history lecture yeah. uh, that Hitler was a good leader, but he immediately followed with his character, terrible character who did horrible things. Mm. And so everybody jumped on the fact that he was a good leader. Mm. Now, I, you, you even said, well, you could kind of understand that because goodness. But you see, here, this yeah. indicates a certain amount of academic illiteracy. Mm. If you look at the sentence, English language, which, of course, is, in, <laughs> is right. becoming D class A anyway. Yeah. English language, the adjective good, modified leader, didn't refer to anything else. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the moral part hadn't come up. And so obviously, based on basic English, mm-hmm. it was he was a good leader. But everybody said, well, he meant he was a good person. He didn't say he was a good person. But the fact that people would jump at that without thinking. Right. There was no relationship, syntactically right. speaking, between saying that he was a good leader and the next part, which was damning him as a, as a human being. Right. And but but this is now people lose their jobs. Yeah, over to, stuff like to say that. to say good leader and and end it there and not connect it to anything else. Uh, there's a favorite phrase that uh, if you listen to Phil Murphy long enough, you will hear him <laughs> say over and over and over again, which is 
period, full stop. Uh-huh. And that's, I feel like, what went on here. Yeah. It was intended to be a period, full stop, and there are people who want to continue the sentence to connect another thought. I had, you were talking about the DMV people, which would, I guess get into government workers in general. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about this. Uh, do you remember George Zoffinger? No, I don't. George Zoffinger was essentially a financial man. Uh, back in the early 90s, uh, Governor uh, Jim Florio had made a trip to England, and he ran mm. into George Zoffinger, who was running the Fidelity Bank operations in Europe. Okay. George is a very bright young guy. Okay. He talked him into coming back and joining his administration as the commissioner of the Department of Commerce. Okay. Now, here's a man who had tremendous qualifications, uh, excellent in every way. Mm -hmm. I always used to say that if I could somehow become dictator Mm -hmm. of New Jersey, I would simply appoint George to run the state, and I'd just sit back (laughs) and and, and applaud. He was that good. Would you be a good leader as a dictator? Me? Oh, heavens no. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) But uh, the the thing uh, that George... Took the job. He came back. Mm. He became, now he was used to working as a banker. Now he came into New Jersey. He got up in the morning the first day on the job as the commissioner of the Department of Commerce. Mm. He went in at seven o'clock, sat at his desk, ready to start. Well, he was the only one there. (laughs) So he decided, well, you know, maybe they're a little late. So 7.30 came. Mm. Looked at his watch. Nobody there. Mm. Eight o'clock came. (laughs) And this went on. And finally, people about 90s or later came straggling in any time, sitting mm. around. He wasn't sure what happened. But anyway, he tried to make the most of it. Uh, and yet he wasn't really getting anywhere with certain reforms that they wanted. Mm. He actually asked the governor for permission to fire or to lay off half of the employees of the New Jersey State Department of Commerce <laughs> so they could get some work done. <laughs> and he, he didn't mean it to be snide. He was looking at it as a professional. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it says something, but his proportion was a half. He said, if you let me get rid of half of the employees, mm. then then we could run an efficient organization. Otherwise, it's very, very difficult. You're probably not going to do it. So. Well, and, and I remember hearing the same thing uh, just in documentaries and things like that about uh, Joe Gibbs when he first started coaching the Washington Redskins, that mm-hmm. uh, if the players came in and they saw um, – do on his car they would know that he had come in at 3 30 or 4 o'clock in the morning and that they should have been there a little bit earlier but also they were you know the redskins were kind of a bottom feeding team when he took over Mm -hmm. and within two years he'd redone basically half the roster and they had they won a super bowl so i can understand the philosophy of of someone who wants to come in and change uh, Something totally or, or at least because half. the ingrain, the deep state of the state, if right. do not want any changes. They right. have right. tuned this, fine-tuned this, meticulously yeah. tuned it yeah. for the most benefits and advantages for them. Right. You know, back when we used to talk about it, and people, they got upset with me, the state workers. We were sort of disparaging state workforce, which mm-hmm. people do. Because everybody at some time or another has had... Uh, contact with some government official who is a real sphincter. Sure. Put it that way. Uh, the information that I got that mm. was most damning came from state workers. Because <laughs> really? somebody's doing it. Somebody's yeah. doing the job. And that's their big complaint. 
the people who are working about the ones who aren't. The ones who are sitting there running, uh, you know, eBay businesses in right. the cubicle on the side right. and this sort of thing. So uh, so it goes. I, I got just a couple more things. Sure. Uh, th- this is just two stories. And I thought they were rather interesting. Uh, I was going to get into it this morning. I have a, a such an ambivalence with technology. Mm-hmm. Much of it I hate. You ever read the Unabomber's Manifesto? Uh, maybe, yeah. See, yeah I found out I that I so. agreed with I certainly don't agree with his <laughs> way he tried to get it published with actually hurting people. Yeah. But much of what he said is that technology eventually is going to pretty much destroy life mm. and, and the, the country as we know it. And we're, we're getting there now, especially mm. when you get into the artificial intelligence and, you know, where it goes from there. Sure. But uh, my thing is, and I hate it, I refuse to participate in YouTube because I don't, or not YouTube, uh, what is it, Facebook. Facebook, I sure. don't care who changed their socks. <laughs> uh, and I want everybody in the world to know. On the other hand, yeah. I had a conversation a couple of nights ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started off with a, a, a text exchange, mm-hmm. which is instant, mind yeah. you, and a call from my son, Christian, mm-hmm. who is out in the Amazon jungle, north in the middle of nowhere from uh, uh, Iquitos, right. which is sort of the key to the Amazon in Peru. Mm-hmm. He's out there in a camp with thatched huts and stuff. With a, He has somebody with some leading tours down there. Mm-hmm. And... We're sitting there talking like you and I are talking. Yeah. How can this happen? Right. <laughs> it, it's it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. The, the, but but anyway, a couple of couple of things sure. here unrelated. I, I got some good stories about that too. Uh, you see, if you're young, mm-hmm. this is just commonplace. You see, what's the problem? But if right. you're not, it is it is astounding. It can be eye opening. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still afraid when I turn a computer on, I'm going to make it mad. <laughs> By doing something wrong. Now here, okay, sign of the times. We'll sort of end with a sign of the times. Okay. A new app helps President Trump supporters find restaurants where they will be safe. (laughs) You know, the the left goon squads, of course, are are accosting people in restaurants. Oh, my goodness. Well, you've seen some of those. Yeah, yeah. The app, it's called 63rd Safe, rates businesses as either safe or not safe. Based on such criteria as whether they post political content on social media, that makes them not safe, whether customers are allowed to carry guns, developer Scott Wallace says the app is needed due to the rise of the socialist goon squad. The socialist So if goon you want squad. to go on an app and you can find out what restaurant you can go to where you're not likely to be accosted, mm-hmm. as some people, pretty responsible people in government have been, because mm-hmm. these right. squads are out there. Right. Yeah. Okay, and another thing now, yeah. technology, robotics. <laughs> One more story. Yeah. A California hospital has apologized for sending a robot to tell a man he was dying. <laughs> uh, now deceased, Ernest Quintana, 78, was at the Kaiser Medical Center when a robot rolled into his room and a doctor on the robot's video screen informed him that he only had a few hours to live. Oh, my goodness. News of such gravity, said the daughter of the man, should be delivered by a human being. <laughs> you are going to die in three hours. <laughs> right. But can, can Sit you... Sit down, bend over, kiss your, you know, goodbye. Can you imagine now if it was, uh, say, a, an automated phone call that he took in his room? <laughs> if you would like more details about your impending death, press one. Yeah. 
all of our doctors are busy now <laughs> right, assisting right. other patients. <laughs> and the one that gets me, and I want to scream, is your call is very important to us. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could be further they, from the truth. They, 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 answer the damn phone <laughs> if it's important to you. All right. So uh, we'll put sort of the cap on this one, I think. Yeah. Uh, again, well, we'll try again next week to see can we get this big thing off the ground. I'm Jim Gerhardt along with Patrick Lavery. Pat, you thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt podcast. Still cooking and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.